Things all right with you, and that's exactly where we'll start. Kind of, you know, tell us, tell us how it's been, Coach. You, you binge watching on Netflix, or you just rewatching every Nuggets game for the last two years? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's it's been a strange time for everybody, right? I mean, uh, our season gets uh, suspended after our game in Dallas back on March 11th, and you know, there's almost a month now where uh, you know no basketball. And obviously that pales in comparison to what our country and what the world is going through. Uh, I believe as of today, 179 people in the state of Colorado have, uh, have sadly passed away from coronavirus. Uh, I have a lot of family back in New York, which is probably the epicenter of the coronavirus here in the United States. So um, I've been doing a little bit of everything, you know, uh, reaching out to our players, staying in touch with them, uh, having a lot of Zoom meetings with our coaching staff, uh, spending a lot of, you know, time with my family. I think in everything, guys, you always have to take uh, and find a silver lining and, a, and find a positive. And for me, it's uh, the time I'm, I'm able to spend with my wife, my daughters. Uh, we haven't had this many sit-down dinners, I don't think, ever. Um, so we're trying to make the best of it. But uh, I, I feel for all the families that have been affected uh, tragically uh, out there in, in the state and all across the country. Hey, how are you, Coach, trying to bring some sort of normalcy to your life, to your kids' life, to, to, to mama's life, and everything like that in, in really an abnormal time? Yeah, it's, uh, and that's a really good point, Scott. I mean, it, it, every day you wake up, it's like a dream. Uh, are we still in the middle of this? Is it going away? And I think we all start to get somewhat optimistic, and then you hear more reports about, hey, we're still a ways away from kind of getting through this, and we have to all stay disciplined. Uh, I know we all have to fight that urge. You know, we're social beings. We want to be with one another. But for me, finding normalcy is just, you know, being a husband, being a father, uh, being a son, staying in touch with my folks back in New York City, um, and while also maintaining some sense of I'm still a basketball coach, you know, and the conversations I have with our players and how I think the hardest part for us as professional athletes and coaches is we always deal in a black and white business. We know when opening day is. We know what day the playoffs start. And so right now we are in a situation where we don't know if we're going to have a season and if we do have a season, what that season's going to look like. And how do you prepare for something that you don't know what you're preparing for and what it's going to be looking like. So uh, all those questions and all the uncertainty uh, make that difficult. But once again, I think the much bigger picture is not just basketball. It's about life. And, you know, again, for me, being a dad, connecting with my girls, they're doing their online schooling like most kids are out there. Uh, and, you know, I, my wife and I have gone on more walks in the last month than we've probably ever gone on. And that's been great. Um, so just reconnecting with family and kind of understanding what's really important. Talking to Coach Michael Malone of your Denver Nuggets, and Coach, just sticking right there, some things have changed, and I remember talking to one of my coaches in the NFL, I was like, why don't you guys just end earlier and go home? He's like, Ryan, I don't know what it's like to have dinner with my family during the season, but now that you've had dinner with your family, gone on those walks, are there things you're going to bring with you when eventually, whether it's this season or next, the season starts, things that you say, you know, maybe I was overlooking this as a father, as a husband, as a man? Yeah, I think we always have to, you know, be willing to look in the mirror and, and, and self-reflect and challenge yourself to be the best version of yourself that you can be. 
And, you know, I know when I first got in the NBA, I was a guy that was in the office all day, seven days a week, even in the off season. And, you know, when I got to Cleveland years ago with Mike Brown, you know, Mike Brown was the first guy who really was like, listen, you know, I want you to go home and have dinner with your family and tuck your girls into bed and spend time with them. I, I know you're going to do work. You can do work just as easily at home as you can in the office. And guys like Mike Brown, guys like Monty Williams, Mark Jackson, who really understood the importance of that, uh, I've kind of taken that and I make sure that my coaches on my staff kind of understand the importance of that. So I, I was really balancing, uh, and I've said this on this show before, what helps me become a better coach is finding balance in my life. And that is, for me, my balance is always going to be my family. Um, you know, the other thing that I have, and I'm sure you guys are the same, and Colorado is a very active state, but for me, getting outside, whether it's for a walk or going on a long bike ride, I've been on my bike probably more than I have in a long time. That allows me to stay in shape, kind of decompress, get my mind right. Um, and it's just, you know, if you're inside all day, every day, it, it's, you're going to drive yourself crazy. For me, I'll be bouncing off the walls. I'm a hyper person. So my wife can't wait for me to go for a bike ride because she needs me out of the house for a couple of hours. But it's finding things to keep yourself busy. And, yeah, I'll definitely continue to, whenever this is over, reflect upon it and say, you know what, how do we get through that and what do we learn about ourselves? And uh, that can only help us. Coach Malone, our guest, hanging out with Harris Hastings in Dover here on Altitude 92.5, home of your Nuggets, Abs, and Rapids. Uh, Coach, you mentioned, you know, talking with the players and Zoom meetings and all that good stuff. Are you, you know, you, 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 you getting them going at all? You tell them, hey, I need, I need a FaceTime of, you know, 50 burpees, Nicola. I need some jumping jacks, Will. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, I, listen, uh, we, we have, in my opinion, the best strength coach in the NBA, uh, Felipe Eichenberger, who does a tremendous job. His assistant strength coach, Klaus, um, those guys do a phenomenal job. They have sent and mailed a lot of things to our players so they could use uh, during this um, hiatus, if you will, uh, as, as we try to recover from this pandemic. Um, but I, I trust our players. We're, we're a work. Um, if and when we do start, I think there's going to be a prolonged period of time for teams to kind of get back at it. Um, it's hard. I mean, like, I think Paul Millsap is really lucky because he has a gym in his house. So he, he's able to cover all aspects of staying in shape, basketball and body and mind. Uh, but some players that don't have a hoop, you know, how, how do you work on your, your shot, your jump shot, if you can't go to a rec center and get shots up? You can't go to the Pepsi Center and get shots up. So, uh, but I think from the physical standpoint, uh, I don't know if our guys are doing burpees per se, but I know guys have more than enough to, to do what they need to do to stay physically fit, strong, and get their cardio in as well. And in talking to all of our guys, and I'm sure you guys are in the same boat, it, you can only play so many video games. You can only watch so many shows on Netflix. You, it's, you know, you're, we're, we're young, we're active, and these guys are probably chomping at the bit just to do something, go for a walk, go on a bike ride uh, while being responsible and doing so. So uh, I don't need to FaceTime them to, hey, let me see you work out. How many push-ups can you do? Uh, but it, for me, it's more communicating with them, uh, you know, letting them know how much I miss them and care about them and hope that they and their extended families are doing well. Uh, basketball conversations, 
you know, uh, me and my staff have been on Zoom conferences talking about a lot of different things about our team and when and if we get started once again, you know, how we can be better than we were uh, than those 10 games coming out of the All-Star break. You know, it's funny, Coach. It's been forever since I've actually used the, the hoop that's sitting on the driveway, which we all kind of grew up in and played, or down at the park. And uh, they shut the parks down, obviously, so I was lucky to have a hoop in the backyard. So feel free to check my Twitter feed if you want and all my lessons I've given my five-year-old. I, I, I worked on dribble handoff. I figured you'd be proud of it. I, I worked on dribble handoffs with her, actually. Uh, so, so feel free to check that out. When you look at this team, and you just mentioned it, 5-5 five five coming out of the All-Star break mentally, this team probably could have used a break, but that's that's a week or two weeks, maybe even a month. That This will be extended. When you look back, what did you guys come up with? Just just kind of a mental fatigue the team was going through maybe coming out of the All-Star break or, or just didn't flip the switch back on after the break? What, what, what did you guys surmise for all that? Yeah, I'll be honest, Scott. I mean, I, I don't know if I definitely have all the answers into why we were only 5-5 five and five and, you know, why we could, you know, lose to some of the teams that we've lost to and beat some of the teams that we've beaten. Uh, the things that jumped out to me, though, in like bright neon letters, the three areas that I felt we really fell off in uh, are turnovers. And not to be a broken record, we talked a lot about this prior to the league suspension, but our turnovers, 55 games prior to the All-Star break, we were top five. And the 10 games post-All-Star break, we were dead last. Uh, that is a huge turnaround in the wrong direction. Uh, our three-point defense, we were top five three-point defensive team 55 games prior to the break. After the break, the percentage dropped, but more importantly, we, we went from allowing a little over 10 threes made per game by our opponent to over 14 made. And that's a huge difference. And then the last part was the rebounding. Uh, we've been an elite offensive rebounding team. We've been middle of the pack defensive rebounding. But in the 10 games since the break, we were giving up way too many points on the offensive glass. And when you add up those three areas, you know, the reason that our defense had taken such a big hit, you combine the points allowed in those three areas, we were giving up probably close to 12 to 15 points combined pre-All-Star to post-All-Star in those three areas. And so we did a lot of film work trying to understand why the turnovers are up, why the three-point defense is not where it was and why the defensive rebounding isn't where it needs to be. And, uh, you know, just trying to really dig into that. Um, I think the best thing I'd say is going into the break, you know, we had so many guys out and as they were out, other guys stepped up, we were playing well. When we came back out of the break, we were fully healthy. So now all of a sudden, you know, guys rolls and, um, what is asked of them every night is going to change. And I think, you know, we, we had a hard time with that. Being fully healthy, you're not going to play as many minutes as you were playing before. And uh, I think that was hard for some guys. And we have to get back to understanding being selfless and doing whatever it takes to win games is most important. Talking to Coach Michael Malone of your Denver Nuggets. And, Coach, in that vein, you know, you had five games against five playoff teams coming up after that Dallas game. Maybe give us, us the fans, a little insight. Who are you looking as somebody who was kind of rising because they were healthy or maybe understanding their minutes and going to readjust their game? Who are you excited to see over that five-game stretch to really help propel you guys into the playoff roster and rotation you wanted? Well, the first guy that jumps out when you ask that question would be Gary Harris. You know, I think Gary, uh, as we all know, 
did not have a very Gary Harris season up until the All-Star break. You know, uh, his numbers were down across the board in terms of his shooting and his efficiency. Uh, he was still doing other things for us. And, and, and I've, I've, I've told you guys many times, no matter what Gary is going through, I continue to believe in him. I, I know what he's capable of. Uh, and the great thing, maybe one of the few silver linings in the 10 games post-All-Star break was that Gary Harris is really playing at a high level. He was shooting the ball really well from the perimeter, from the three-point line, and you could kind of see a weight lifted off of his shoulders. And you know, I think Gary is a huge part of what we do because he brings it on both ends of the floor. And when he's making shots, now you put him out there with Jamal and Nicola and Will and Paul, now you have a chance to be a special team. Um, and maybe one guy off the bench would be Jeremy Grant. I think Jeremy had been playing really well. And, and he's another guy that, you know, when Paul Millsap Jeremy goes into the starting lineup, plays great for us alongside Nicola. Paul comes back. We bring Paul off the bench initially, then we insert him back into the lineup. So now Jerry moves back to the bench, and I thought Jeremy played well for us off the bench, shooting the ball lights out and doing some really good things for us. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, in, in this business, at this time of the year, like right now, you know, we would be getting ready for here's it's April 8th. The playoffs would be starting on in 10 days. And so that's what our bodies are used to, but we're not getting ready for that. We're trying to get our nation healthy first and foremost. But when the playoffs come, like we saw last year, we need our best player to play well, and, and that's Nicola. And I have to help him kind of get back to playing at the level that we all know he's capable of. He is our best player. We need him to step up. And when he's done that, uh, over the five-year span we've been together, we all know what he's capable of and, more important, he can lift this team to a whole nother level. And um, so when we get back to playing, I look forward to seeing that. And, uh, and I think Nicole is ready for that as well. A few more for you, Coach. Hanging out with Coach Malone here on Harris Hastings in Dover. Uh, we, we've talked about this a lot, obviously, Coach. We're a, a sports talk show that has four hours to fill with no sports. So uh, we get into <laughs> everything here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Tiger King. Yeah, Tiger King and mustaches. Yeah, and, by the way, I got, I got a gift for you, Coach. <laughs> Joe Exotic. Hey, hey, by the way, it's Josh Exotic on the show. He's got a porn stash going, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got, I got hey, some. I haven't first, finished coach. that show. I tell you what, I did watch Ozark. Got through that again. Again, season three, Ozark is an amazing show. Have watched like uh, because of all the hubbub going on out there about Tiger King and Joe Exotic and all really colorful characters on that show. I just started that and uh, look forward to getting into that one as well. <laughs> so I wanted to ask no, you about. No, no. Um, the conversation that we got into with sports coming back and you know major league baseball had their thing yesterday with arizona hockey's talking about north dakota uh we've got into fans with or without fans and what that would be like some players have you know spoke out and said yeah it would certainly be weird but where where do you feel uh, you know from coaching obviously you get energy and, and you know a vibe from the fans so it would be something to adjust to but playing without fans is that something uh either you're interested in you would like or not like well, I definitely wouldn't like it, you know, because I think we have the best fans in the NBA and we have one of the toughest places to play, one of the best home court advantages in the NBA, and we've proven that last couple of seasons. So I would not like it because I think the fans bring, you know, uh, something to the table, um, energy, excitement, home court advantage, all the things that you mentioned. Um, but more importantly, if the um, – officials that are going to be governing all these decisions deem it to be much more safe for everyone involved to not have fans, then I'm all for it because I understand there's much 
more uh, important and much bigger than just having a home court advantage and fans there. Uh, but th- that is what makes the game exciting, the fans, the interaction, and everything we do is for the fans. But, um, I would hate it out during our home games, but if we had road games, I wouldn't mind not having fans. So <laughs> probably buy, you know, mixed, mixed emotions. But once again, honestly, to be serious, uh, whatever provides the, the players, the coaches, the staffs, the referees, and everyone involved with the safest environment uh, that we can continue to play games, and I'd be all for. Coach, we're doing a, a March Madness because we would have crowned a champion on Monday as well, so we, we missed that out, so we're doing one with great Colorado sports moments. If, if you could sit back there and reflect your times in New York, your times you know, all around the country where you, where you played and coached and lived and so on and so forth, what's one of the greatest sports moments or two that you can remember growing up? Well, I would say, obviously, you know, uh, with, and, and you can relate to this, Scott, more than anybody, because, granted, it wasn't me, it was my father, but, you know, my father being part of two back-to-back world championship NBA teams, you know, that, that's something that we as a family all took great pride in, and obviously big, big, bad boy uh, Detroit Pistons fans at that time, uh, but not many people can say they've been a part of, of winning an NBA championship, a world championship, so th- that, that jumps to mind. Um, and I tell you, like, just certain moments, like, you know, plays, and I go way back. You know, my father coached at Syracuse University for many years with Jim Beheim, and he had recruited Dwayne the Pearl Washington out of New York City Boys and Girls High School to go to Syracuse. And I was young. I was a ball boy at all the games in the Carrier Dome, and they were playing Boston College. And uh, Boston College misses a free throw. And I think Sean Karen's outlets the ball to the pearl. He takes one dribble and lets go a three-quarter court shot. That goes yep, nothing but net. And the carry don't just goes crazy. Uh, and just being there and seeing it and seeing the flight of the ball. And the best part about that clip was that when Pearl let it go, he never stopped. He knew it was going in. He just ran right off uh, <laughs> the tunnel into the locker room. Um, being at Madison Square Garden when the New York Knicks beat the Indiana Pacers, in the, in the heyday of their rivalry, and Larry Johnson hits a three-point shot, gets fouled, makes a free throw, and that's the loudest I think I've ever heard Madison Square Garden. Uh, wow. But there, there, I mean, that's why I think the country misses sports. Right? It, it's the uh, the drama. Uh, it's watching people going out there performing and doing things. The upsets. That's why we all miss March Madness because the upsets that happen, the one shining moment. Uh, and I think that probably the saddest thing about what we're going through with the coronavirus, aside from all the people that are sick and dying, which, which is number one on the list, but after that, I think about all the high school seniors. Yeah. You know, if you play a spring sport, you, your season, you never got a chance to play your senior season. And imagine that. If I, if I went back to my senior year of high school and someone said, hey, your season's canceled, you can't play. That's devastating. I think about all the you know the, the men and women that were going to play in madness and not able to do that. The, the, those are really tough things to to swallow. And, and I feel bad for all those boys and girls, men and women, because all the hours of dedication, discipline, training, and now it's just taken away from you. And I know that we're trying to fight this coronavirus and get everybody healthy, but you know, there, there are a lot of stories out there about you know, young, young kids that can't participate in 
events and things that they've worked so hard on their whole life. And, and I truly do feel for them in that regard. Congratulations. And, and, and you know what? I, I just got to jump in here because, I, I, and Coach, you get it, and the three of us get it as well. That, that And for some people, might say, well, that's minimal. What if the kids didn't get to play their senior year? And that's the last time these kids, some of, the, some of these kids will ever get to do that. And it, yeah. and it is important. Yeah. To them, you know, on the grand scheme of things, you're right. It, it's the health of the country, the health of the world. Let's be honest. Um, but that is that is a significant time in, in in people's lives. Some of my best friends, I I go away every summer with five or six dudes, and and four of them were on my state championship team my senior year. I mean, that, that we're still best friends, you know, 40 years later. So, yeah, it it, it is significant, man. It is. It is, and, and it's. And by saying that it's, uh, this is significant is not by any means belittling the no. much bigger battle we're all going through. It's, it's just taking time to understand, you know, the dedication and hours that all these kids have put in. And to your point, it's not just athletes. There's going to be no graduations. There's going to be no senior proms. All the things that are part of your kind of growing up and some of your best memories some of these kids are not going to have those, you know, memories to, to look back upon. And, that, and that's sad. Yes, that pales in comparison to the families and uh, that are struggling with people dying in the hospital. I get that. But um, there's, there's, there's a lot of things to take into consideration here. And, and for me, being an athlete, a former athlete, being someone involved with sports, I understand what, what goes into it. And, you know, it's, it's not easy to have to deal with all that kind of stuff. So um, it's, it's tough. Coach, last one uh, I got from you, Elise, and we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us here this morning. We heard uh, the idea floated around by the NBA of a game of horse, an isolated game of horse, which would be fun. Anything we can get, we'll take right now. But I'm, I'm more interested in uh, Coach Malone's horse game. I know Steve Kerr's out there, and he can knock down some jump shots, but a bunch of these coaches out here, Coach, i seen you play. How'd you stack up against these other coaches? Oh, man, I'd I, I throw my hat in the ring. I'll play a game of horse, you know. That's because you're competitive. Uh, it don't mean you any good. It don't mean you any good. That just means you're competitive. Hey, I'm not going to shy away from, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody challenging me there, Scott. You know that. But, I hear you. Uh, I, I think it's great, you know, the fact that we miss sports so much. Somebody would be willing to watch, like, a, a game of horse or even talk about it and, I feel bad. I guess the NBA had the uh, NBA 2K tournament, yeah. and then all of a sudden Las Vegas found out that people were betting really heavily on the underdog, so they realized something was uh, was amiss, and the, the, the 2K games were, I guess, uh, pre-recorded, and people already knew the results, but um, I played more volleyball probably in the last close to a month with my two girls. We have a net in the backyard, we play in the house. Um, so I might be the most improved volleyball player in Douglas County. <laughs> uh oh, hey, hey, you know what? You ought to, you ought to throw a challenge out online to Marlo. Yeah. No, Marlo, oh, yeah. he, he's he he. Uh, I love Chris Marlo, but I don't know. I, I I'm in a younger bracket than he is, so I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the senior division. Hey, hey coach, when, we, when, we finally, when I finally do get to see you, remind me to tell you my Pearl Washington story and my prom night story. Oh, nice. Oh, they weren't the same <laughs> night, were they? Oh, uh, no, no. Hey, hey, you know what? Hey, hey, my, that prom night, they probably wish I could, when I tell you the Pearl Wilson story, they probably wish it on prom night. <laughs> oh, man. But hey, I tell you, it's uh, it's good catching up with you guys. I know it's been, geez, like three, four weeks since we spoke. So, you know, maybe we'll do it again next week. And I give you guys credit because one of you guys mentioned that you guys are doing a 
sports radio show right now. There's no sports. And so you guys are um, probably trying to talk about anything and everything. Um, so Absolutely. I give you a lot of credit because I know people tune in, they listen to it, and probably helps them get through some long days. So uh, good to hear your voices. Hope you and your families are all well, as well as all the Nugget fans out there. Uh, we miss everybody. And uh, stay safe, be smart, and let's get through this together. Yes. Same to you. Give Chris. your mom and dad some love for us. Yeah, same you? to you. Absolutely. Yeah, we I definitely you. will. All, all the best, guys. Thanks again, and uh, we'll Thanks, talk coach. sometime soon. There he is. That's Coach.